0: It's Tanya. I'm back again this week with episode seven with I Am Becoming a Better Me conversations with T. I'm excited, guys. We have Shawnees come in today. Long overdue conversation. Uh, we talked about endurance, you know, through the previous conversations, we've talked about uh, navigating through life, spirituality, um, relationships. But today we're going to talk about how to have the endurance to navigate through that. Um, that's so important. And no one talks about the in between, they're just talking about just doing it but how do we truly build endurance to handle and navigate through these things so i am super excited i know for a fact you're going to walk away with something really good today um we are on episode seven we only have three more episodes left for this season only 10 episodes a season i'm so excited three more to go and we are actually wrapping so thank you for everyone that has tuned in left a review shared the podcast i'm so appreciative of all of it but don't forget to rate it, please rate it, leave a review. I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear some things you probably want to hear, um, some topics. I'm very open and receptive. And um, yeah, so don't forget to do that. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, and it's I am becoming a brand new on Instagram. And then my actual regular handle is officially Naomi J. So just to put that out there if you want to follow me on those handles. So let's tune in. All right, family. Good morning, good evening, good night. You know I say that every time because I never know when you're going to listen to the podcast. I just want to make sure I'm being polite. (laughs) Today we have my amazing friend, sister from another mother, Shonise Brown. Wait, no, that's not your last name no more, girl. What is your last name now? I forgot. (laughs) Foster. Foster, I'm sorry. I forgot it's Foster. My bad, y'all. She's white. It's okay, girl. (laughs) We have Shonise Brown. Foster and you, you know I never called you by your first last name like legitimately the new <laughs> one <laughs> I know yeah <laughs> but welcome she is an amazing talented person I'm gonna allow her to introduce herself and we're gonna get in of course in our conversation so go ahead introduce yourself all
1: right so my name is Shanice um, my music name is SRA um, which is just Shanice RA my first name my middle name um, I am a singer, a voice coach, um, professional background vocalist, um, yeah, and all things positive, all things spiritual, um, but music has been my thing since I was four. I've been working professionally since I was 15, and so that's what I do.
0: Awesome, and where can they uh, find you? What is your social media handles?
1: Um, my Instagram, um, that's what I use the most
0: is S-A-R-S-A-R S dot A-I-R-E-E. Perfect, perfect. Welcome, welcome. So started. I usually do an icebreaker um and I usually pull from like a card, deck of cards. Okay. We had that for me today. But I'm gonna just do a icebreaker that's on my heart. Um, let's think. Would you rather listen to a podcast, read a book or watch a movie? Mm. I would say, oh, that's a really good question.
1: (laughs) I would say watch a movie. Um, And it's funny because honestly, whenever I listen to a podcast, I'm always like visualizing things as I listen anyway. But I like movies because I want to see the full picture. You know, like I'm a visual person, a visual learner, just visual in general. Those things tend to stimulate me. So I would definitely want to watch a movie over all of those things. Okay,
0: And then last question, your favorite artist, would you rather day with them one-on-one you guys do whatever you want to do would you rather get a free flown out trip meet and greet to their concert would you have rather have every album they've ever made created and given to you
1: Hmm. i would say spend a day with them why because i just feel like there are certain things that i would ask them That are priceless, you know, a lot of times you don't really get to meet, you know, the people that you look up to, you know, hopefully I get to meet some of these people, especially Beyonce, but um, sometimes you don't get that opportunity to really just pick their brains and um, get to the bottom of their success and kind of understand like how they got to where they got to and just learn more about them. I can always go out and buy an album. You know, I can always purchase the tickets myself to go to the concert. But I think some of those one-on-one conversations would definitely be more monumental for me.
0: Okay. Dope, dope. Yeah, I I literally just created these icebreakers in my head. I was like, hmm. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Thank you. So on the podcast, um, we dive into, honestly, everything um whatever I feel kind of led to dive into first so I would say the first thing I feel led to dive into is just navigating throughout you know your career like how has that been for you um navigating through that after college because you went to where did you go again Spellman. Spellman. okay so how has it been navigating outside of leaving Spellman and getting into the real world
1: man um it's been very interesting um again I, I've been working since I was 15 But um, a lot changed after leaving college, like I kind of grew up singing um, gospel R&B type songs. But then when I got to college, I trained classically. So my voice completely changed. So a lot of those like natural elements that I had, like um, the the I guess I could say the grunginess of my voice or like those little things mm-hmm. I could do with my voice before now everything's all rounded and everything just sounds mm. different and so honestly after college I was like oh my gosh like I have to completely relearn my voice
0: yeah.
1: um, and you know being in college like I did get a lot of opportunities through Spelman being in the Glee Club we had the opportunity to Um, I sang behind Patti LaBelle at the BET Honors. We've sang behind um, John Legend and Alicia Keys and Stevie Wonder and so many people. And so when you're immersed into that for, you know, four years and then um, you graduate, it's like, oh, okay, it's on me now. So um, it's been wonderful, though. It has been a wonderful journey, just relearning my voice in my adult voice, you know, and what it Mm -hmm. sounds like now, but also kind of figuring out more of what I want to do before it was like, okay, like, I want to sing, I want to do backgrounds professionally for people. But now, um, where I am today, a few years removed, I'm like, I'm a vocal coach. And I've been teaching Mm -hmm. for almost three years, and I can vocal arrange and I can write. And so it's been extremely enlightening, Um, probably one of the most enlightening times of my life and yeah I'm grateful for everything that I've learned since I graduated I feel like I've evolved as a musician
0: that's dope because I know like a lot of people that went to college and I always kind of I don't know like sometimes it's almost like Let me know if I'm tripping, but I know like back in high school, you know, the goal was like, go to college, you're going to do this, and then know it's like set out for you, like the road, like the red carpet is set out for you. Same thing after college, you know, was the perception of what life after college, was it realistic for you? Mm.
1: I'm going to say, so are you saying the perception in reference to you saying like that okay you go to college it'll make your life better once you graduate or the perception of yeah like perceived
0: it like like. like what the teachers and professors I guess at that point be professors like did they make the um because I know a lot of people that graduate honestly and they kind of dive into depression because like what the perception was wasn't was what it was explained to them or given to them it wasn't sometimes always realistic Mm. sometimes they make it seem like the red carpet is literally laid out for you when you literally walk off the stage and it's not like that for everybody not saying it is it can't be but for you per se do you feel like your experience as Spellman, the perception that was given to you leaving that school and walking off that stage was it realistic well you know how did you feel after
1: honestly um it's so interesting because I feel like Spellman is its own entity um I expected to go and learn all these things. And honestly, going in, I didn't go in for music. I actually wanted to be a marriage counselor. <laughs> so um, going in as a psych major, um, I did kind of have that mindset of like, okay, you're going to go in and you're going to, you know, you graduate a psych major, then you're going to go, and you're going to go to grad school and you're going to do all these things. But I honestly would say that I think that Spellman gave me more than I even anticipated. Oh wow. Um, I think that sometimes when you're going to college, a lot of people just look at okay, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna work and then I'm gonna get all this knowledge and then I'm gonna mm-hmm. graduate. But I think that what Spelman gave me is it gave me an understanding of me, mm. an understanding of my place in the world. You know, when you go to the number one HBCU. Um, and you're being told you're the best of the best. You're here because you were chosen out mm-hmm. of how many girls, you know, it teaches you that it doesn't matter what room you walk into, you belong regardless of your color. And so it exceeded my expectations because I didn't just go and get an expectation. But when I got there, I feel like I evolved as a person. And so it just added to that I don't want to say Black girl magic, but that Black girl magic was like, wow, Black people are amazing. You know, we learned about Black people all over the world, not just in America. And so it was extremely empowering. And I feel like those experiences have actually um, carried me beyond college. And so I think that I got more than what was expected.
0: Wow. That's one. That's beautiful. Um, I know a lot of people's story isn't kind of that way um, and their journey hasn't been that way. But that's that's awesome. What is something that you kind of would want to encourage someone or leave with someone who's kind of literally about to graduate from college or maybe they are in college and they're that girl or boy um, or man who, you know, has a perspective and perception of what they want and desire And, you know, regardless of where it may go, like, what is something encouraging you can leave somebody with?
1: I would say follow your passion. And the reason that I say that is because I think that society makes you believe sometimes that what you're passionate about can't be your your job. Um, sometimes it's Mm. oh like I like to I don't know I'm an artist and I like to paint but I should go and get a I don't know a math degree because that'll bring me more money but my passion is art you know or whatever that thing is that you're really really passionate about go and do that thing because what I found is you kind of end up coming back to it anyway you know it's funny some of Mm-hmm. Um, My friends, some people that I know, they went and they got a degree in biology. Right. And then they graduated and now they're doing music or they graduated and now they're they're public speakers, you know. And so I feel like yeah. it always comes back around and just don't allow society to deter you from what you really believe in, like what at the core of you makes you feel the most fulfilled and don't allow society to make you feel that that passion can't be lucrative
0: because it can wow that is <laughs> God, God is <laughs> his sense of humor is hilarious I just had a conversation with a gentleman this morning about that that exact thing you just said yeah um because I'm reading Dr Dr Darius Daniel's new book um it's regarding finding your purpose and passion your passion's calling um, and this is brand new book that just came out. So if you guys haven't looked into it, please look into it. Um, pd is the bomb.com and I support every book this man drops, um, but it's because it's really, really good. I'm in that place right now. But for people, I would say when you say passion, cause in the conversation I had with that gentleman this morning, um, he literally said like, what I do is help people fund their passion. Like that's what I desire to do. It's my purpose is to do that for people. And I was like, that's really good. That's really dope. Cause a lot of times, like you said, what you're passionate about, sometimes it can be discouraging because it doesn't feel like it can, there could be lucrative or you can have money in that. Um, so that's amazing. How did you per se, I guess, because music is your passion, correct? Or uh-huh. your, is that what your purpose is, music?
1: So I would say my purpose is music, but I think that my purpose mm-hmm. is teaching through music. And- um, Teaching through music, Yeah. Teaching and helping people become through music. And the reason that I say that is I always thought that my gift was singing and it's like, yeah, I can sing and I can dance and I can do all these things. But as I matriculated, I realized that through vocal coaching, I help build people, build their confidence, help them to believe in themselves, and so I feel like it goes. It's kind of expanded to beyond mm-hmm. just te- just music. I'm teaching them. I'm helping people. Um, it's funny. Some of my parents have literally come to me and say, "It's almost like you're a life coach who teaches music."
0: <laughs> so. Well, it's, and I was just thinking that because you said what your first major was going to be was um to be a counselor correct
1: yes and i'm, I'm glad you touched on that too cuz i also wanted to say you know about you know that advice piece i came in yes to be a marriage counselor right. because i wanted to help people but mm-hmm. i went from being a psych major I switched over to economics with a minor in management organization because Spelman doesn't have business so that's kind of mm-hmm. like their small version of business but all those years God was like do music and I was like um I want to do music but you know What if I don't make money? And, you know, certain family members and people are like, well, you know, in high school, you had all these AP classes. You were good in math. You were good in English and all these things. So you can go and major in English and major in this and that and that. And that pressure got to me. But every year God was like music, music, music. And the minute I switched my major to music, I got scholarships. Wow. I I did so much and it, it was just like God just met me right there and was like, uh-huh, let's go. And it's funny because every year before that, I struggled to get my tuition. And then once I changed my major, I had an overflow. I got refunds until I graduated.
0: That's so good. And I, I touched on that this morning, too, with the conversation I had because I was like, you know what? You know, when you do strive for your passion, it will be funded because it's God. You know, he, he wants us to do what we are passionate about, but what, what our purpose is and calling is. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that you touched on that was really beautiful, though, is that for you to have been in college and God was in your life. And that's a very transitional moment for a, a man and a woman is that college transition journey. Um, oh, yes. A lot of people don't have God in their life actively in college. You had to think about it because college, you kind of trying to walk out. You know, you're living your best life. You just left your parents' house. You're excited. You're trying to be a city girl. And <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, wait. <laughs> so to be in college and you're mentioning God. So how was your relationship with God transitioning in college? And how is it now? Whew.
1: <sighs> college was a faith walk for me. Okay. okay. Um, I went from being in the church every week, multiple times a week, you know, at my old church to not feeling connected as much to that church. And then at freshman year was very tough for me. Um, I was first generation. So there were a lot of things I did not know. And so it's funny because freshman year, I found myself actually straying a little bit. Mm. Um, And not doing anything crazy, but just really trying to find myself. And sometimes when you're trying to find yourself, you go a little too far off the deep end Mm -hmm. um, and you forget about God, you know, and I didn't forget about him. But I definitely could have been a lot more intentional. But the funny thing is, is that he didn't forget about me. Mm. And I remember my freshman year because I didn't understand how things work. At the end of the first semester, I got this letter on the door that was like, yeah, your tuition for the year, you owe $8,012. And I went to financial aid and was like, who's going to pay for this? (laughs) And because I had a car accident my senior year, all that time where you apply apply for scholarships and things like that, I was in hospital. You know, and so a lot happened. And so I couldn't prepare as much as I wanted to. And then I just didn't know how it worked. And I literally was walking around campus to my friends like, I'm transferring to Georgia State. I'm transferring to Georgia State. And one of my friends, Chauncey, shout out to Chauncey if you're listening, girl. Chauncey came up to me and I was like, hey, girl, I'm transferring to Georgia State. She was like, what are you talking about? And I was just like, I'm transferring. And she was like, no, ma'am, why? Why? And I was like, I don't have $8,012. She said, Let me let me tell you what to do. And she told me how to go to financial aid and talk to them. She's like, Your grades are great. So show them that you want to be here and they'll help you. I kid you not, I went every week. Hi guys, you got some money? All right, see you next week. Hey guys, anything in? All right, see you next week. And finally, I went to Miss Jackson. Hey, Miss Jackson. She was the head, she moves the money over. And she said, come back tomorrow. I got something for you. I came back. She said, wow. you, do you have $12? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, oh, yeah. I need you to go um, to the cashier and put $12 on your account. And I'll pay the other $8,000 for you.
0: Wow. wow. And
1: so I'm getting chills just talking about it because although I was in such a weird spot. God didn't forget about me. He sent Chauncey as an angel to redirect me and to make sure that I was where he needed me to be. And then sent another angel, Miss Jackson, to pay $8,000 and I paid $12. Wow.
0: That is... <laughs> That's a story. Um, yeah. So my yeah, relationship he was with God... there. Oh, girl.
1: So the rest my matriculation... I was like, okay, God, it's it's yours. It's yours. Okay. (laughs) Especially when I changed majors and I finally tapped in. And I was like, okay, God, I see, I see what you want for me. I get it now. I see the vision. After that, me and him was hanging tight. It's important to have that relationship because college is such a stretching. period of time in your life and you need to lean on God there were so many times where it was like I'm first generation can I do this am I really Mm going to get a degree Mm -hmm. really me God you know so you need him to lean on in those moments and so my relationship with God has started off definitely rocky. Right you by the end. I was like, that's that's my
0: best friend. <laughs> uh, before we get into adulthood, your relationship with God, I want to kind of stick right here with, you know, college. Because I get so nervous, even with my niece, like, um, her about to graduate and go into college. And I actually saw a triggering movie. By the way, guys, FYI, the, the trailer is not what the movie gives. There's a new movie that came out on Netflix called The Luckiest Girl Alive. It was very triggering um to watch it was a good movie but the girl was in college and you know something had happened and I was just thinking like about the transitional moment of her the mom and just everything that happened to her in college and how it affected her after in her adulthood to where she couldn't even marry an amazing man because she was still triggered by everything that happened in college to her and Mm. she couldn't even live her daily life because she was literally having like PTSD daily and nobody knew what she was dealing with and it it just was a very eye-opening movie but for me it just made me so nervous i'm like man if i have a child sending my child to college would probably give me the most anxiety i've ever had in my life because it's like you can't hold them and protect them and it's like they're going into this world (laughs) in the open world and they're being exposed to so much Mm -hmm. you know and it's like to you have to have god in your life or relationship cultivated in some type of way, I feel like before entering college because, or entering that journey after high school, let me just say, not say that, because I didn't go to college, but that journey after walking off the field from high school and entering into the adulthood, I feel like if, man, like, like you said, I've even had moments in my adulthood transitioning from when i graduated high school to now where he was the, he was always there but of course you know i kind of went off the path came back went off the path you know mm-hmm. but it's the fact that the seed was planted and right. that's why i always came back so um yeah i just want to say that it's so important for anybody who's about to go to college or who's about to walk out the field because you know all age groups probably listen to this podcast which they do um you know cultivate that relationship with god so that through this journey this new chapter of your life that um At least when you have the moments you stare off, he brings you right back or he brings the right people around you to steer you the right direction. So I just want to put that out there for someone. So now let's transition into your adulthood. How is your relationship with God now as an adult?
1: Man, um, I would say that my relationship with God is much better um, than it had been, I would say, over the past maybe, I would say a year. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a newlywed. And so any married folks out there, you know, marriage is an adjustment. It's not a bad thing. I love being married. I love my husband. He's wonderful. But it's it's definitely been a transition for me. And so um, um, when it comes to my relationship with God now, where I am at is God told me, I want you to go deeper with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I've just been trying to figure out what that means because for me, I I see things, I hear things, I have discernment, I have different gifts that he's given me, but I'm like, okay, what now? Like, you want me casting out demons and stuff? Like, what what does that look like? And so my Mm -hmm. relationship with him now is really one of like, I am taking my hands completely off and just having to just fall Forward And just be like, God, you gonna catch me and I'm just gonna let you just take me where you want me to take me Uh, where you want to take me. I'm sorry. And so right now it's a beautiful relationship with him. But he is really stretching me and causing me to really think a lot more and be a lot more intentional about our relationship. It's not the same, okay, we have devotional, and I get up, and I go and pray with you at this time. And it's like we're in there talking, and he's showing me things. And sometimes he'll give me a list of people to call, and every person, it could be 15 people, and every person is like, I needed this. Oh, my gosh, how did you know? People literally crying, like, who told you to call me? Like, it's been one of the most enlightening seasons as well but also Mm -hmm. is when you're in that season with god it can also be it can be tough because it's like god what do you want you say you want me to go deeper And I feel like I'm looking for that moment to do it. But it's like, what does that look like? So it's very beautiful, (laughs) but it just feels like a new journey. Whereas before, it's funny, you never get the hang of a relationship with God. It's like you don't ever Mm -hmm. master the perfect relationship with God. So right now I'm just kind of allowing him to lead me and just really being open to whatever it is that, he wants me to do whether that be a long term or short term, that could be the next 15 minutes. Just really opening right, right. My, just really opening myself up and truly allowing him to do what he wants to do with me.
0: No, that's super good. And that's really beautiful. Um because I yeah, I feel like I just tapped into a, a recent gift recently I told you about and mm-hmm. I was like, what is this? I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I'm like and it's it's interesting because it, it only happened for the first time with this one individual. It's, and I've prayed for many people, you know, I've definitely fasted with most people, but this never have happened. I was like, Whoa, what activated this? Like it was deep. Uh, what do you feel like activates your gifts that God gives you?
1: Mm. I think that obedience. Mm and intentionality in your relationship with him. If you allow yourself to be used and you put yourself in a space to be vulnerable in your relationship with him, now he can mold you and do certain things in your life and and add things to you. Um because again, I'm I'm with you on, you know, experiencing a new gift. I spoke in tongues for the first time earlier this year and I was like, what? That's you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just think that being open and like vulnerable and intentional, like if you're going every day and he's seeing your heart, you're like, God, I want more of you. And you're just in position. He can use you to do anything and he can give you anything. And now you can receive anything, but you'll be in the right space to receive those gifts.
0: That's good. Wow, that's awesome. You just blew me away with that. So even with all of this, you know, receiving the gifts, like you said, you know, I do believe that you, like you said, being in right position, you know, I just did a fast and it was one of the most extraordinary fasts I've ever had just because of like that moment I had that I've never experienced. And I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> it was like, I didn't know how to handle it, but just the revelation of what I received. Um, I'm a big advocate for fasting. You know, I don't do it like every single month, but I know when my heart is being pulled like super bad and it was definitely needed recently. Um, but I really do feel like every time I do fast, it truly builds for me um, the endurance that I need to really navigate in this world. Um, yeah. And it's, it's tough, but you know, let's speak on endurance. You know, how do you feel about navigating and what is your feedback on endurance spiritually um, and mentally uh, throughout you being a newly wife, like transition after college, like how is your endurance with um, God? Man, keep that up.
1: So before we touch there, it's something that I have to say about okay. <laughs> the last topic. It's pressing on me. It's pressing on me. When it comes mm-hmm. to those gifts, they're already inside of us. So it's mm. not that God is coming and giving us, giving us. He's placed. It inside of us and so when we're in position he can say okay let me show you what else you got let me show you what else you got Mm -hmm. let me show you what else you got so I want to make sure that that that's in there too because it's already in us when we make a choice to choose him then he can show us all the beautiful things that he's placed inside of us and how those things are going to be used so I had to
0: say that that's good no thank you Um,
1: so girl,
0: endurance,
1: Woo! endurance. I've learned to me sometimes when I think endurance, I feel like endurance goes hand in hand with even long suffering sometimes mm-hmm. um, because we need God to keep going. And what I mean by that is sometimes God can have us in a place and it's just like, Lord, how much longer do you want me to be in this space? And we can become impatient as people. We live in a society where we don't have to wait for anything. It's like everything's on demand, okay? And so (laughs) yep,
0: Yep. everything's delivery. We want it to get get ordered. Yep,
1: (laughs) girl. And it just don't work like that with God. He might have us in a place for ten years, you know, whether that be a job or, you know, a space in your walk or just whatever. And so, as far as like my transition, you know, for marriage, like there are things that I want you know, like, I'm like, Lord, you know, I, I, I want this type of relationship with you, or I want this, I want to be in this space in my career, I want to feel this way on the inside, or just whatever, that endurance to just keep pushing some days when you don't feel like it, some days mm-hmm. when it's like, Lord, I just, I want to give up at whatever I'm reaching for. I just want to put my arms down. And sometimes yeah. God, you need to be able to lean on God so He can just say, uh-uh, just lift a little higher.
0: You know, and <laughs> yeah.
1: I also think that that endurance, you know, God will give you that. Like, God will give you everything you need to keep going. And when you feel like you can't, he's right there like, girl, keep going. Girl. Yeah. You know, and so um, sometimes, I think that anything in life that is that has a reward at the end of it, you've had to have endurance. You know, college is four years. For me, I did five years. You know, I changed my major my junior year, you know, and so I had to add a year. I had to endure that entire time wanting to give up, wanting to just be like, yeah. no, or even life, you know, since graduating, there have been times where I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm seeing my friends matriculating in this area and people are married. Mm-hmm. This is when I was single. People are married and people mm-hmm. have this mm-hmm. kind of job and they're making this kind of money and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, just those seasons where yeah. it's like, do I even really want to do this? So I think that yeah. endurance, being willing to endure the season, even if you're waiting on God for something, if you're asking him for something, you're just feeling like, God, do you even hear me? You
0: yeah, know, like, sure. are you
1: listening to me? Like, it can get like that sometimes, you know, we have to check. Ourselves no, it
0: it stuff. gets. <laughs> no, like to speak on endurance, it does, because, you know, you know, the story about at your wedding. <laughs> yeah I caught the bouquet guys and I gave it away yes (laughs) I know (laughs) I know but you know it's because a lot of times we say we want stuff but do you really truly want it and like I think the part that I'm taking away from that is are you truly willing to endure it endure the weight endure whatever it takes to even get the thing that you actually want and I think that's the biggest thing is like For so long, like you said, you know, we're in the single season. We see our friends getting married. We see all these things happening. And we're like, I I want that too. But it's like, okay, do you really want it? Or are you just doing that because it's what you see? It's almost like having that appetite for sight, not really being hungry. Same thing. Like when you see something, you want to eat it. But then really, you're really not hungry. You're just doing it because you see it. Same thing with obtaining the things we desire in our life with even those tangible things. Like me wanting that marriage. You really want the marriage? You want the marriage because you see someone else having the marriage. Right. So, to finally 30 now, I'm like, no, I was really wanted. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just, it's tapping different. A little, it's tapping way different on my spirit than it ever did before. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say to the people who are like pretty much in my season too, like in the season of now wanting um, a relationship. Cause you know, I would say relationship first because marriage comes after, right. but for the people who are wanting the relationship, what advice would you give them to be able to endure their season in a positive light because I know for me I have to change my perspective about the season for me to be able to endure it but what would you say are the tools that you would give someone to be able to better endure the season
1: mm. I would say allow yourself to enjoy it I think that by doing what? I got you girl. <laughs> so I think I that what? Uh, so what I mean by that is I know when I was waiting, okay, I was like, okay, well, I'm preparing for a husband. I'm preparing for a husband. <laughs> and you know, and I got to yeah. a point where it was just like, okay, like it it became like talk, you know, amongst my friends and things like that. But mm-hmm. when I sat back and I allowed God to just do what he was gonna do in my life, I understood that it was uh not yet because I need you to see this. I need you to learn this mm-hmm. and I need you to learn that. And I need you to be close to me in this way. And I need your prayer life to be mm-hmm. this and I need that. And so mm-hmm. I would say work on yourself for sure. Like, I know that's cliche because people are like, oh, you should just focus on you. But no, it's really, a <laughs> <They thing. do. laughs> it's, it's really a thing because yeah. that thing, sometimes we have to get us right on the inside before God can bring our husband. Because if we have not processed certain things, healed from certain things, Like God God is not going to give us more than we can bear, Mm -hmm. more than we're ready for. And so there are certain things and certain areas of our lives that he is waiting for us to really deal with before he even brings Mm -hmm. that person on. So sometimes I think that we can get so focused on my husband, my husband, my husband, and God is like, ma'am, ma'am, excuse me, ma'am, I'm waiting on you to do this. You know, and what I realized is that before I found my, well, before he brought me my husband, okay, um, I he wanted our relationship. He wanted that relationship of like, even if you don't understand, will you trust me? Even if it doesn't mm-hmm. look the way you want it to look, not husband, but just anything. I don't care what's happening in your life. I don't care what you go through. Will you come to me? Will you trust me? And that's what he took me through. Mm-hmm before my husband so that work on yourself focus on yourself but allow yourself to enjoy it that's important Mm -hmm. that's important Mm -hmm. because girl when i got those things it was just like i needed all that in my marriage sometimes you really just need to pray for your partner you can't even say anything sometimes sometimes you can't go to your partner and be like you need to work on this because god might be like "Uh uh-uh pray about it
0: Uh uh-uh that's my job Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah that's, that's real I, good because that's it's 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 you're on it you're right that's literally what I just told uh, my therapist today um was that she's like you know why do you want to start therapy and what is your why and I was like honestly I was like so much but the portion that I told her was what you just said I said you know I desire a, a man a partnership and I desire a child and I said I want to make sure that I can give them a part of the healed version of who I am. I'm not going to be perfectly healed. That's impossible. Yeah. No one's perfectly healed. But I want to make sure that I can give them the best version of who I can be for them to be um, an amazing life partner and mother to my child in a healing way because there's certain things you got to deal with before you can be that that person. Now, don't get me wrong. People are doing it every day. and I And it's so deep because on the drive home, I was thinking like, there's so sometimes it's a blessing, but sometimes it feels like a curse to have the eyesight of a healing person. Mm-hmm. Because you look at things so different and you and it will never change. Like once you realize that this is not the way to be anymore and you're actually like serious about it, it's so hard to turn back. And you can't even um receive minimal <laughs> little things and relationships and partners because it's like but I know there's better I can't even stand for this because I see better I know better so it's so hard even with dating um is like when you know the things that are like mm, you're not even you're not actively doing this you're not desiring this I can't even do that right now because you're not even your mind isn't your heart isn't even in the place so it, it can be tough but what you said I touched on with my therapist as well. I'm like that is one of the reasons why. Now it's not my solely reason because it's for myself. I want to dig deep and touch some places because um, I know for sure throughout my life I've had the keep it pushing uh, mentality. And um you know, kind of get that from above. <laughs> it's kind of a generational thing and cultural thing um, is keep it pushing. And it's like, mm, "But did you heal from it?" Right. You just kept it pushing. So that was really really good. Um man, we touched on so much. So What is your standpoint on therapy? How do you feel about therapy? Do you um, get your own separate therapy? Do you believe in couples therapy? Um, What's your standpoint on therapy?
1: I believe in both. Um, I've been... I started therapy in 2016. um, And I just think that it is so good to have someone who is not family, not a friend, that you can really go in and talk to just a neutral party. I mean, you can always talk to God, too. You know, he there. But <laughs> I think that some of the, a lot of the things that I've worked through that I didn't even realize that I needed to work through,
0: That's stuff. Come back, guys. We had to take a quick break, but we're about to wrap it up. So to dive back in our conversation, <laughs> um, <laughs> therapy. So we talked about therapy, individual therapy. Um, and now that you are in a marriage, you know, couples therapy, do you believe in individual individual therapy as well as couple th- therapy actively? Or how does that work? Or do you think as a married couple, you should get it just together?
1: I think that you should do both. Both, okay. um, Just because, um, like, for example, my husband and I, we have... Um, a therapist that we go to together and then we actually both go to him separately and it's funny I never thought that I would be comfortable with like a male therapist but he's the truth shout out to Dr. Ruben. um but I think it's good to do both I mean as couple as a couple it's good to sit down and talk in a neutral setting and kind of here's have someone hear not only what you're saying but how you're communicating with each other and things like that because sometimes if you go individually like let's say I have an issue with my husband and I'm mm-hmm. and I communicated like okay well I just feel like I don't know our communication is off and blah blah mm-hmm. blah if you're in the room with that person with your husband or your your spouse um then they can say, hold on, well, I noticed in your communication, you don't allow him to finish or mm. you don't allow her, you know, the space to really get out her full thought or whatever it is, they can really get the full picture of what the issue is by just watching you guys and also listening and so also separately you know there are some things that let's say I want to communicate something to my husband I just don't know how and so I can go separately to that same therapist or even a different therapist and just say hey I want to talk to my husband about x y and z how can I approach that
0: That's good. With therapy, um, because I'm just such a person who I truly do believe in it actively. I feel like it's so good. I mean, the the journey of getting one is tough and it's frustrating, but if you really want it that bad, you'll do what you got to do to find the right therapist that's the best fit for you. Um, When it comes to getting therapy, navigating through all these different chapters now that you have navigated through Friendships. How are you able to navigate through these different friendships? Because what I feel like, you know, with my experience with navigating through healing, man, I mean, the friendships have shifted. Some became confidants, some became advisors, some became associates, some became family. Then switch, like the categories change, which is why I'm such an avid person for Relational Intelligence by Dr. Darius Daniels, because that book really put the footprint on Relational Intelligence, Mm-hmm. Um, and that that people do navigate and shift in different categories. And it doesn't mean that if you're in the associate category, you are love less. Or friendship, you are love less. Or fam- like whatever, it's love there. But, you know, I just truly really believe through this journey that the friendships are going to adjust. And some may drop off and some may come. So, you know, even, even with therapy, when it starts to teach you these attachment styles and, you know, a lot of these um, just relationships that we have a codependency on that's unhealthy actually, mm-hmm. not even realizing it. And then of course, navigating through therapy, becoming a better version of who you are. Can those friends detach from who you were to who you're becoming? Um, I think that's one of the biggest transitions for me in my journey is like people detaching who Tanya was back in high school to who Tanya is as, as a 30 year old woman. So um, with that being said, I don't know that was a lot. Um to unpack, but to unpack on your end, what would you say? How has your journey been with therapy, God, um, your now new marriage? How have the friendships and relationships been for you with that?
1: Oh um I have had no choice but to become more intentional about my friendships and also realize my capacity for friendships because as a single woman you know you can kind of place whatever wherever so you can have your friends you can have your family associates Mm -hmm. whatever whatever when you're married you when you're sorry when you're married you are in a covenant between you and god and your husband that Mm -hmm. comes first before anything even before the church so that is your first important area everything else is extra so Mm. I've had to learn where to place people you know and I've also learned that I need people that can pour into me sometimes you know and if I have friendships that I feel like they never pour into me it doesn't mean that we can't be friends it doesn't mean that I love you but I won't be able to um, give you that big of a space in my life at this Mm. point Um, and also I think with therapy, as you grow, you realize that some of those attachments that you did have were unhealthy. So there have been friendships that had to go because you realize that man, when I'm with this person, this person pulls me towards my hurt self, my, my unhealed self, you know, and although I'm showing them where I'm going and I'm communicating who I am today, they don't want me to be that person. And then you start to notice oh, maybe I had this kind of bond with this friend, sh- with this friend, where maybe they were jealous. And it's okay to realize that certain people are jealous and envious. I think we try to say, like, oh, well, I don't want to say that someone's jealous. There are literally people who can be jealous and envious of who you are or even who they know you're going to become. And so certain attachments to people, certain people just had to go. But I'm just realizing that. I have to be way more intentional about my relationships. And if I'm going to have you around me, it can't be a draining relationship because I need to have energy and I need to have a a level of focus for all the really important things in my life. And not that friends aren't important. They are. I love my friends and they have been wonderful. Even you, Tanya, you guys have been Mm -hmm. wonderful in supporting me in this space. But again, what's important is my husband and God and the purpose that we have together and the, and the things that God wants us to do. So if those relationships are pulling focus from that, if those relationships are causing me to fall, if those relationships are causing me depression or just whatever, they have to go. And it's no okay. love lost, but it's that serious. It is that serious. You know, who you allow to speak into you, that's important. Somebody can either speak life or death. You could say, oh my gosh, I'm just having a really hard time. Let's say I'm having a hard time in my marriage. I'm not saying that. But if I am, let's say I talk to a friend that's very encouraging. That's going to give me hope. You know, That's going to be like, you know what? I don't even look at it like that. Like They're speaking positivity. They're speaking life. But if I'm speaking to a friend, single or married, that's, girl, you just need to, girl, just let it go. Or girl, I would have cussed him out. I don't need that. Yeah, I don't need that. And so you have to really set boundaries in these relationships and you really have to really be real with yourself. Certain relationships we hold on to just for time. Oh, I've known them since elementary school. Oh, I know their mom and that's all fine and dandy. But in this season where I am today, those things are not going to work. And if people don't want to get on board with who you are today, then they just can't access certain certain areas. Will I call yeah. and check on you? I will. Will I call and I pray with you and for you? I will. But will I speak to you every day or every week? Probably not.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's super good. Um, agreed, 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 agreed. I completely agree. I went through that transition myself, and it's it's interesting because I prayed about it and was like, God, I want more, you know, these relationships. And, and we pray for what we want, and then when it happens, we're like, holy, hold up. I didn't know that person was on the list, guy. You didn't tell me that person was on the list. <laughs> I thought Girl. they were excluded. And it's like, mm, you prayed for it, though. You said reveal. You said remove. And you said you would love to have. So it's like, y'all be intentional about what you're praying for because he will do that. And in that transition, you know, it was. I'm not even gonna sit here and lie. Like, I like to be open about the transition of healing. Like, it can be lonely because the people that you want to heal with you sometimes, it's just not their season to be there. Mm-hmm. And you have to honestly make a choice. Like, I had to sit with myself during one of my fasts that I've done, it was a 30 day fast. And I had to sit with myself and say, okay, are you going to, and this is what God did with me, like, are you going to remain and keep the same company? while I transition you where I need you to go or are you going to just be okay with being with me? Cause I mean, I'm not, you're never alone. He's there because mm-hmm. he will fill the voids of that loneliness of that um place that you're feeling like you don't have that community. He will bring it onto you. But in the meantime, before he brings it to you, he will fill all of that. And it was like, are you willing to get filled with that in the meantime? So that you can pursue and become the best version of who you can be without the people. And um, it's a tough decision. And some people choose to just keep the people because it's comfortable. Because mm-hmm. it's um, it's um, it's familiar, you know? They don't want to know what it is. Even yeah. fear
1: of abandonment.
0: That too. And if you have abandonment, then yeah, you can if you have abandonment issues, that could also be a part of why you don't want to do it either. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, okay. And then if you had those attachment styles where you do have those codependent relationships, you don't want to let it go either. But I do believe that if it was not for me diving in my word with God and building that relationship with him and reading John, that's the the book that I read on that 30 day fast. That book was definitely life-changing for me because it really showed me like who god was what he did and then it gave me a reflection of like who he like this same man this same spirit has created you like created you and you are part of that yes. um and you are fine you know with or whoever and that like i said that the the boy it will be voided it'll be filled he filled in that that loneliness or that wanting relationship i didn't even yearn it really because he was there and now to be 30 and I'm having more relationships even added on the more will come. Um, it's just knowing that it's worth it. You know, it's so worth it. It may hurt because I didn't mourn some relationships, but in the midst of the transition, it was so, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Man. Man, we touched on a lot. Like we touched on love, marriage, career, transition, um, we therapy, therapy, <laughs> man, I mean, this is how it is, conversations with T, we're really going to touch on everything, to be honest, and sometimes, I wish we could touch on more, but you know, mm-hmm. we don't have that much time here with everybody, but needless to say, one, I appreciate you for coming on here, um, we went through some hoops to get here, but I know why, because someone is going to be even more blessed by this episode, I would say this is definitely one of the episodes that touched my heart. You know, I had another episode that really like was really good and fun, but this one really touched my heart because I know that someone is going to relate to everything we talked about today. And um it just touched my heart for what I'm personally going through right now in my season. But before we leave, like what is something that you want to leave them with?
1: Man, um before I say that, sis, I just want to say thank you, okay? <laughs> thank you for having me on here. Um, God told me this year that he wants me to use my voice. He wants me to speak more. And this Mm -hmm. is my first opportunity to do that. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, I just want to leave with with everyone. I just want to say, man, just keep going. Like you are going to get to all the places that you want to be in your career, in your love life, in your relationship with God just don't give up because at the end of it all, God is in control and he's always holding our hands. He's always right there with us. And he's never going to let you fall. Even if you have moments that feel like failures, God is going to teach you and then keep pushing. He's going to but I knew that was going to happen. And this is why. So I got you. I got you. So just don't give up. Just keep going and reach for the stars. Everything that you want, it's, it can become a reality. You just have to believe that God can do those things, but also get in line with him and figure out what he wants for you to do because anything that he wants for you to do is going to be far greater than anything that you can ever imagine.
0: That's good. One last thing. I haven't been doing this, but we're going to start on this episode because the, the, the title of my platform in this podcast is I Am Becoming a Better Me. So... What is an affirmation that you would like to leave everybody with and then end the affirmation with I am becoming a better me? Hmm. Okay, give me an example of how you would do that. Okay. Um, I am beautifully and wonderfully made and I am becoming a better me. Hmm. Huh.
1: When God created me, he
0: didn't create any mistakes. I am becoming a better me. There we have it. Thank you so much, Shonies Foster. (laughs) And I appreciate you. You guys have a blessed one. I hope you enjoy this episode. And we're out.